As retirement plan consultants, we're asked regularly about accumulation, how to build retirement savings to live comfortably. Most people, they work until their 60s, they accumulate enough money to retire on. But when, we, when you get to retirement, how do you shift the focus to income and retirement? How do you manage retirement savings so that it lasts a lifetime? Now, if you're joining us on this podcast number three, we have two previous segments. Go back and listen to those. And in the interim, if you have questions, just contact us. Go to formyretirementincome.com. That's the number four, retirementincome.com. Right now, let's spend 15, 20 minutes developing a clearer understanding of how income and retirement is uh, critically important. And this is a more detailed step to get uh, to the next part of this podcast. My name is Jerome Pfeffer. I've spent the last 26 years helping people with their retirement goals. And I'm here with Dr. Gautam Vora, professor of finance, a certified financial analyst, and an expert in developing realistic retirement goals. The previous segments, of course, we're dealing with people in that top 5% group, well-to-do individuals. Suppose an average person has an average amount in their 401k, an average amount of Social Security. Correspondingly, of course, he has less income and therefore lower need for annual expenses. How will that scenario work? How do we put that one together? So in the previous podcast, we were trying to help illustrate various different issues that might show up for somebody of uh, more well-to-do means, that 5% group. So, so Jerome, you were telling our listeners something about what we discussed in the first two segments. So you might recall the first segment, which we call podcast one, part one, we established the stage that how we are going to look at the entire question of income during retirement years. And then we took a simple scenario of a person who is in the top 5% of wage earners and wealth holders in the country. And given his, this individual's wealth position, which we simplified to a single 401k account, and then we looked at his income and we said that this is the income for his working years. He will not need so much during his retirement years. And so we took a proportion of his working years income and established a benchmark for expense during his retirement years. And then we tried to see if his savings represented by 401k account will be enough to tide him over year after year after year. 
and we saw that it would tide him over if the rate of return was 8%. And then we said that, let's see if we can figure out the method of IRS, which is based on the expected life of an individual, which we determined in this particular case was about 16 years. And we had an interesting problem that at this 16 year period, and if we want to exhaust his balance to zero at the end of 16 years, then it is doable, but barely doable. And that too, barely doable only if the rate of return is 8%. It is barely doable because we do fall short by about 100, $120. If the rate of return was anything less than 8%, then even in that rosy scenario, we will not be able to accomplish the goals the individual was working for to get that particular level of lifestyle expense during his retirement years. So that is where we then discuss some of the additional considerations which will go into making the retirement during retirement income during the 16 year period and so on. So in part two of the podcast, we looked at another scenario where the individual did not have such a nice 401k balance at $750,000. We assume that he had only, I believe $450,000, which is still on the higher end in the spectrum of savings in 401k accounts. And we saw that if we change only his wealth level, that is to say the balance in 401k account, there is no way he could meet the yearly expense requirement that he has desired. So we have very great problems and recognize once again that in both these scenarios, the life expectancy was assumed to be 16 years. But if the individual under consideration lives longer than 16 years, then he's completely, sheerly out of luck because he has many more years to live, but not money to live on. So that is what we did in the earlier two parts. And now you are asking me to consider the issue of an average individual in our country. This average individual is defined not as a member of the 5% group, but as a member of the, not the lowest 15, 20% of the country, but somewhere in middle, but still certainly not even let's say in top 10%. He's just an average, but semi-frugal person. And so we have right off the bat, three items to consider. So those three items to consider is his 401k account balance, his desire for annual expense, and his social security benefit. <laughs> 
So we do know that on average, social security benefit is not so high as we had assumed in earlier two parts of podcast one. So we will have to reduce all these three items such that we can get a grip on our calculations. And we are going to keep our 16 years of expected life as it is, which we can increase or decrease depending on how our conversation goes. Because what I would really request you, the listener, and you, Jerome, the questioner, is to take a little pencil and piece of paper and go through some of these calculations with me. Now, remember, if you go anywhere else and try to take advice either of a financial planner or an investment advisor or a financial advisor, not only it will cost money and time, but we are here trying to give some sort of awareness of the issues involved and it is an involvement only of a little bit of your time. This segment is designed to last for about 15, 20, 22 minutes. So it is not a big thing in larger scheme of things. So given these three or four items, Jerome, if you think that we are ready to move on, then please give me the green light and we can discuss further. Or if you have some other question in mind, then please go ahead and we discuss that question first. I think we are ready to move on. I think there are uh, clarifications maybe that we need to make slightly. Okay. It's just that, as you said, there is, uh, these numbers are for the average person, you know, modest middle class. Hey, ah, that uh, is the somebody, phrase modest of um, a man of modest means. I wish I had thought of it instead of you. <laughs> uh, so did I, so do <laughs> I. Uh, so as far as the numbers go, I think it would be helpful to let people know, of course, that the numbers that are being shown and illustrated are our numbers. But for you, as a person listening to this, write your own numbers, come up with your own calculations to make it more accurate for your own illustration. And if you do see professionals, they're going to do the same thing. They may do it in a different way, but effectively this is their underlying data to come up with the information that you'll find important. So Dr. Vora, please. So, so that is a very nice way of putting this whole matter and making it relevant for an average person of modest means. So let's get three things out of the way. First of all, let's say the social security benefit that this person would receive is $1,500. So if my beloved listener, if you want to follow on a piece of paper, then please write down $1,500. Remember, we will still continue to assume 20% tax rate. So $1,500 minus $300. So 
the individual will be left with $1,200. Now we go this to is the monthly, monthly social security. Monthly social security benefit that this individual will receive. So we are coming up with the average number because 1500 to 1300 is the average number for social security beneficiaries. So we are not taking high number, we are not taking low number, we are kind of sticking to the middle. Then let's consider his before tax income during the accumulation phase or his working years phase. Let's say it is $4,375 per month. And if we multiply it by 80%, and this 80% is the same percentage number we used in the earlier illustrations, that typically there is a drop of expenses when a person moves from the working years to retirement years. Most of the financial planners and advisors say about 75%, but we are, become, we are being a little more conservative. We are taking 80%. So if I multiply 4,375 by 80%, I will get $3,500, okay? So $3,500 I need for my expenses during the retirement years. This is per month. But remember, I'm getting $1,200 from Social Security benefit every month. So my shortfall currently is $2,300. How come? $3,500 minus $1,200 by lightning calculation, it works out to $2,300. But remember, this is the amount which you will spend and we spend the amount on an after-tax basis. So we need to gross it up by the tax amount, tax rate, which is 20%. So if I do that, then the total before tax amount should come to 2,875. So I want you to come uh, continue with me. 2875 multiplied by 20% and you will get $575. So subtract this tax amount of 575 from 2875 and you get $2300 the shortfall which we were examining how to get. And so our goal now is to earn from our portfolio of assets or retirement fund or retirement assets or whatever you want to call it, $2,875. So now the question is, is our asset base good enough to give us $2,875? Now remember, we are not looking at scenario number one, scenario number two, which was in the earlier two podcasts, but we are looking at an average person who has only about quarter million or $250,000 in his retirement savings. So given that this individual has $250,000, 
he has an expected life of 16 years. Will he be able to get $2,875 per month or not? So the first thing we need to do is to look at the calculations that let's say for the time being, I'm going to do calculation on an annual basis. So I am able to create a little table and this is slightly involved, but it can still be explained very easily that given my $250,000 balance, my portfolio earns 8%, I give away 20% to the government in taxes or annum per year income over 16 year period is $22,595. If I divide it by 12, my per month earnings from my portfolio of assets is $1,883. So at 8% rate of return, I will not be able to get $2,300 as I had desired. So there are two ways of handling the situation currently. That at 8%, what should be my balance so that I can get $2,875 per month during my 16 years of life. And if I work out my numbers going backwards, it will tell me that I will need a portfolio of $381,715. So as you can now see, there is a different way of looking at exactly the same problem. To be able to match this $2,300 after tax, which necessitates that I earn from my portfolio $2,875. And if my portfolio earns 8% per year, my portfolio should be actually $381,715. So it tells me right off the bat that if my balance is $250,000, there is no way, even at 8%, I can fulfill my desire. So two additional points from there. If the rate of return is anything less than 8%, it goes without saying that there is no way this portfolio can fulfill my desire. Point number two, there is no way but only one way for me to handle my finances in my retirement, and that is somehow to reduce my expenses. I just cannot have expenses pegged at $3,500, given my asset base is only $250,000. And 
I expect to live for 16 years. It means if I want to live 16 years, then I will have to somehow reduce my monthly expense. And that exactly where all these calculations become very important because there is no way we can come up with an absolute standard which will be applicable to all individuals because every individual's wealth, income, desires, expenses would be different. So every individual's case needs to be evaluated separately, independently on its own merits. And so then we can see what the individual must do. Decreases expense, increases assets, decreases life expectancy or increases life expectancy. There are quite a few variables which we need to discuss. And uh, as you pointed out, Jerome, all these variables are slated for further discussion, exposition, calculation for the forthcoming different podcasts. So to ask you a very simple question, do these numbers make sense? Have I made any sense? Do I need to take some other numbers just so that I can get the point across? I think this is pretty clear. Um, I think as in the previous podcast, we discussed the potential for these numbers to not come out uh, as people would like them to. To use the 8% illustration assumes a huge number for current environment and it may or may not be something that's achievable. 16 years time frame, I think is a, uh, a difficult scenario as most people also undercalculate their life expectancy. Uh, they tend to be short quite a bit and every scenario will be different, but the reality is I think it's real important for people to look at all of these factors very honestly, very thoroughly, uh, really deal with their situation and look at uh, one additional scenario. It is possible they may not be able to uh, stop working or may have to find additional sources of income. Very nicely put, because all these items are so unique to an individual that it is very difficult to make any generalized or generalizable statement. Every individual's needs and a scenario needs to be evaluated independently with the best set of numbers this individual can collect and provide to his advisor. So over here, as you can see, even though we discussed at 8% and then we made a general statement that anything below that is going to result in a worse outcome, but it will not be out of the realm of uh, possibilities for an individual to actually see a little table of different rates of return to see 
the amount of shortfall he will experience because part of all this financial decision making is the ability of an individual to be emotionally comfortable with the decision he makes with the help of his advisor. If he is not emotionally comfortable, then we need to discuss it more. We need to calculate some more. We need to find some other method of solution. Good, good information. I, I think you have addressed most of the concerns that people do have. And it is unpleasant to look at some numbers if they don't meet your goals, but necessary. Very important to do that. Better to know what you're dealing with than to assume and be wrong. Right. And remember, last point I wish to emphasize, Jerome, is the 16 years. We are going strictly by the IRS's tables. Uh, IRS's tables are based upon the Commerce Department's tables. And so these are the tables available to everybody at the, a little search on the, on the web, on the computer. So we are not doing anything that is out of the ordinary or anything like that. Everything is right here and anyone can go through these calculations with his or her own numbers because that is the only way to become emotionally comfortable with this entire discussion. So what are the rest of the things we need to do legally speaking? We need to make sure that we let people know that there are uh, opportunities to reach us if they would like, uh, that they can get further information from formmyretirementincome.com, number four, myretirementincome.com. You can contact us that way. Additionally, we're going to have some uh, other podcasts going forward different segments, different topics, and happy to have people listen to that uh, going forward. And uh, of course, if you have anything else to say before I put in the uh, obligatory disclaimers, please. No, I'm glad you are giving me this opportunity, but no, not currently, because there are so many thoughts, variables, calculation going through my mind, but I must hold all of them back for the next episode. Sounds good. We'll put out uh, new episodes as we uh, put them together. But in the interim, again, if you want to reach us, go to formmyretirementincome.com, the number four, myretirementincome.com. In the interim, securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. The examples presented are hypothetical and are not representative of any specific situation. Your results will vary. Hypothetical rates of return used do not reflect the deduction of fees and charges inherent in investment. 
the opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual to determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Thanks. Thank you very much, Jerome. Thanks listeners and we will see you very soon.